You're listening to The Tactical Kitchen. I'm Melody Behrens, certified chef and nutritional therapy practitioner. And I'm Steve Behrens, 21-year special operations veteran and certified personal trainer. Together, we are here to share our experience on the ketogenic lifestyle. Don't forget our disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors, and we don't play them on the internet. Now, let's get ready to chew the fat. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Tactical Kitchen Show. Are we over 100 now? We're 101, man. 101. Just totally killing it. Yeah, we've made it to episode 101. We've skipped a lot of weeks, but yeah, it took us we're 10 still years to get here. 10 years. <laughs> Not quite, but we did make it. And, uh, you know, we'll, we're going to try to be a lot more consistent now. Yeah, go ahead and believe us. Whatever. <laughs> you know, life just keeps happening life and death. So we've had a lot going on. Everybody knows that that's been listening. Yep. Uh, we had some family stuff happen, and then, you know, We've even had some close a, a close friend pass away. Well, let's let's start off with the book update. Okay, I'm getting way ahead. You're way ahead. I want to start way off. Ahead. I want to get this up front. The book update. Okay, we talked to uh, the people last week. Yeah, our publishers last week, and um, so our book will be coming out on May 11th. Okay, so it's going to be out on May 11th, but they're going to start taking pre-orders on April 11th. Is that when? I don't even remember. I'm pretty <laughs> sure they're they'll start taking pre-orders. I, th- I think it was on Amazon April 11th. So we'll get better information, but it's getting really close to that being out there. Yeah, it's starting to really happen. So uh, anyway, they're going to mail us a copy. We'll get to actually hold it in our hands soon. That's going to be so strange. And it's a carnivore diet cookbook. Yep. And it's a six-week meal plan to help reset and optimize your health. It's good. It has like 80-something. I think I have like 85 recipes in there, all meat, and it's all in a progression where you kind of go strict carnivore, then you begin adding in organ meats, and then you begin adding back in some other animal products like dairy. If it's fitting for you, or you can just go back and just continue to do the stricter form of uh, carnivore and get your body kind of reset. I really don't know that everybody has to stay strict carnivore, but I think it's probably the best way to reset your body. Right. We see this as an elimination diet. Yeah. It takes out all the guesswork because you've taken out everything but meat. And then, you know, there's really not a question of like, hey, if this is bothering your body or not, when you start to add things back in, it's really easy to tell what foods trigger certain things in your body. Right. And that's what this can be used for is to do kind of a elimination diet. You eliminate most things but meat. Uh-huh. So you can do just what you said. You can add things back in and see how they affect your health. Do they do they cause a rash? Do they call, cause irritation? Do they cause joint pain? It's, mm-hmm. it's good to know all those things so you really start dialing down your diet, which is why we started this. Right. And, you know, if you follow it the way we have it in the book, you'll eliminate eggs for the first two weeks as well and then start adding those back in slowly. So, you know, it's just one of those things that there's a lot of triggers that people have for food allergies and food sensitivities that they don't realize. And this is one way when when you do this, you can kind of see where you're at, get a baseline and then start to really dial in what works best for your body. 
which is what you want because most people, what are they doing it for? They're doing it, what everybody we talk to, what are you doing your current diet for? To lose weight. Lose weight. And we were just talking about this, uh, you know, thinking of people are always diet to lose weight. And that, that's that's great and, and we understand that, but we want to educate people to, to eat, to be healthy. Yeah. I mean, if you lose weight and then you go right back to the way you used to eat and you gain that weight back, you're just on that, you know, we've all done it. I've done it a thousand times. You get back on that treadmill or back on that, what is it, the hamster wheel? You're right. just going in circles. Well, you know, eating, eating a diet to lose weight is not long-term health. And being overweight is a sign of sickness. So if you just eat to be healthy, you will naturally lose weight, and that is long-term. It is. And, of course, everybody has their different idea of what healthy eating is. Yeah, they, they do, of course, but the reflection of your diet is in your body. Are, mm-hmm. you, are you healthy? Are you overweight? Can you exercise? Do you feel good? Do you have mental clarity? Do you sleep well? All those things are the indicator of, of a nutrient-dense person who's getting everything they need. If you're eating a diet and any of those things previously I just listed do not work, then you might want to look at what you're eating. I think the way we've been eating over the last six years and the way it's evolved where we have you know, gone from more paleo to then more keto, then carnivore, it's probably been the best transition because I had never, along all of the six years, I've never felt like I've been dieting. Right. Ever. Like, there's, oh, well, I take that back. Maybe one time I felt like I was dieting a little bit. And that's when we closed up our eating window to a really short four-hour eating window and eliminated everything but meat. I did feel a little bit restricted then um, at times, but not re- honestly, not really, not in any way like if I were to be doing something like calorie counting, Weight Watchers type of diet. That yeah. feels like a diet. Well, we never felt hungry. No, no. That's the thing. We restricted our eating window, and most people associate diet with restricting, either restricting cal- calories, uh, you know, restricting uh, what types of food you eat. Uh, and like you said, we've never... I've never felt that way. We've been really into this for about six years now. Mm -hmm. And never during that period of time did I feel like that I was really restricting myself or uh, denying myself things that I wanted. Well, I was just not eating chocolate at night, so I felt a little restricted (laughs) because I, I, even though I am, I would say I'm more what I would call, I'm carnivore, but I'm meat-based. I mean, you know, I have coffee. And I have some chocolate every now and again. But other than that, pretty much most of my food is all meat. But, you know, when you take away that one thing that you do, maybe in the evening or whatever, it does feel a little restrictive at first. But what are your goals? I mean, at that time, our goal was really to start trying to lean out. Right. And I will tell you, I did. I did start to lean out. And we try to really kind of hammer this point in. When you get down to that point where you're dropping like the five and 10 pounds, it's your last five and 10 pounds, it's going to get painful. It's going to be uncomfortable to get there. But, um, and then after that, I kind of gave up with that and we went back to eating the chocolate (laughs) at night and I started having dairy again. And so, you know, I mean, I'm still eating very healthy, but, and I've never felt like I've been dieting. Even through all of this. Right. 
And like you said, the last, you know, the last 10 pounds are always the hardest for anybody that has gotten down to that point and, and they understand that. Then you really have to make some restrictions or improvements on what you're doing to get to that last 10 pounds because your body doesn't want to be there. Your, your body does no. not want to be cut and shredded 24-7. It wants to have that reserve. Your body is smart. Right. I know somebody asked me the other day, a friend of ours, when we were over at our friend's house the other night, she asked if I was ever going to do a bodybuilding competition. And I was like, I thought it, and I'd never really considered it. And I thought about it, and I I was just like, first answer was no. No, I don't want to suffer like that. <laughs> because most people will tell you if they get down to that really low fat percentage, body fat percentage, to do something like that, they're pretty miserable at the end. And I just haven't found myself in a place where I want to be miserable like that. Right. And most bodybuilding programs are not healthy programs. Yeah. I think if I were going to do it, I would I would – tap into some of our carnivore friends who are natural bodybuilders and kind of get some help from them and employ them in that pursuit to do it right. Well, there's still some torture involved. There is. There's no way you get down to that kind of body fat percentage and you aren't uncomfortable at some point. Right. And the, the problem with most people that do that is they 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 lower their, you know, energy intake, their food intake and they overstimulate to get to that point. They really just, they run their body at a super high RPM and it's just, it's not healthy. Yeah. And I, I think there are ways to around that. And I know people who have done it in a better way mm -hmm. and have gotten some Correct. really good results, but I haven't even wanted to do that because here's what I know. I know there's going to be some manipulation of macros and you got to be really on it and you have to dedicate those, all those weeks you can't miss a workout. You can't miss your meals. You can't mess up your macros. And life has just been happening in a way that I'm not willing. I haven't been willing to do that. Right. That's I, a lot of dedication. Yeah. I just want to be healthy at this point. And I feel like, you know, sleep is good. All those things that are necessary to have a good, healthy life are good right now. And I don't want to mess it up. Well, and that goes back to what most people want. They just want to be healthy and be able to be active when they want to. Not everybody wants to run a marathon or, or, you know, be a CrossFit athlete or be a bodybuilder. They just want to be healthy. I don't even like the workouts for bodybuilding. I like CrossFit. Sorry. Right. That's just that. I like that. They're different workouts. They're total. They're boring to me. That's they are. They are the boring. bodybuilding exercise routine is boring to me. I like the CrossFit stuff. Right, and that's totally understandable. Yeah. Now, and and one of the things that we're going to cover today, and we can talk about it now, is uh, you know we've had, you know, there's everybody. Everybody's life has tragedy. They have people that pass away. We've had someone pass away just last week that was uh, special to us, and that was my high school football coach, Coach Carl Copeland. Yes. He, he was a, a, a great guy. I, he's a great guy now. I didn't like him in high school. Yeah. Not not so much a fan of him in high school. He was he was very uh, very intense, very strict, very hard on you, like a high school coach should be. Well, the fact that you have courtesy throw up buckets in your weight room <laughs> says a lot. Well, we we got to be good friends, uh, you know, twenty five years after our high school football season, which you know if. If anybody knows, it was a, it was a very special season to the school and to the city and to everything that happened. So, my '87 football team is 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 pretty much known throughout the Metroplex as being a special team. Yeah. So, we developed a relationship though later on in life. Uh, you know, after we had our 25 year reunion, we started having annual reunions and going out to his house and fishing and and just hanging out and talking. And we we got to be really good friends. 
and um, he was just uh, an awesome, awesome guy, really great storyteller. It was so fun to sit around and hear him tell stories about uh, his life and, and our season and, and his stories. It was so great. And um, he passed away unexpectedly last week of heart disease. Right. He had a heart attack. Finished so, a game of golf, came home, and died. And, and passed away. And, and that's something... You know, the reason we got into this is because we want people to live a long and healthy life. Yeah. So that was someone that I feel like was kind of in my circle of, of influence. And uh, we had talked about diet. Like, you know, one of the things that we had talked about when we would have our annual reunions was was diet and exercise and, and, and all the stuff. Because when I show up to those, uh, you know, I'm, I don't want to boast, but I'm probably the healthiest guy there. Right. And, you know, that's, that's significant and people recognize that. So I always get a lot of questions about what do you do? What do you eat? How do you work out? Uh, and I try to do my best to, to influence those guys around me because they're special to me to be healthy and live a long and healthy life. Right. So to have coach pass away unexpectedly at a heart, you know, having a heart attack to me is, uh, it, you know, it hits to where we want to make a difference and I don't feel like I made, made a really good difference in that arena. Well, you probably did because he called and asked you questions. We, so we you were there. Often, yeah. Yeah. But you know how hard it is at that. He was 72, correct? 73. 73. So, you know, this was like in his seventies, he's asking questions and a lot of people, it's, it's hard to change at any time of your life, what you do and how you live. But when you get deep into your, you know, your, your golden years, it's probably even harder to reform habits. But, you know, he was inquisitive about it. And he was such a positive influence on other people and how he coached and what he did. I read stories about him online this week from other people later in life when he was coaching. And he coached a... Uh, golf team and took them from like a nothing up to like a tier three golf team in high school or something. It was crazy. And they were winning and doing all this stuff, but he made them run sprints, <laughs> you know, a golf team running sprints. I just thought that is so hilarious. So he was such a good influence. And I think you were that with him, but you know, there's a point in time in our life in, in someone's life where they've lived a certain way and you know, it takes a lot of effort to undo some of the things that have been done, and yep. we might have just been a little too late. Well, one of the most impressive things that we kind of learned about him, especially in the past week, is he was he was special to me because I've got great stories about him. But hearing the other stories that other people had, right, was extremely interesting because what I started to realize is I always talk about, especially to my to my kids and to the young guys I coach about relationships. Life is just about relationships and how you maintain those. And oftentimes you think that what you have with someone is is special and 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 it is in a way, but what he did is he he basically made so many special relationships with people that you had no no idea that he did. Right. Um it, and it's just really really kind of emphasizes the point that I, I like to make is that if you make every interaction or or every relationship special, then your entire life becomes that. Exactly, and that's really what what he did. And I know some people didn't like him because he was a he was a rough and often uh, outspoken guy, which is you know that's fine. It's a coach. He's a coach, you know. 
he, he, he hurts some feelings along the way. Yeah. And, and that's what coaches do. But, you know, it's just one of those things. Anytime you, you lose somebody that, that held a special place in your life, you, you often take a step, step, a step back and try to gain some perspective on the relationship and on your life as well and just try to make things better going forward. Well, and I think the one thing we've taken out of this over this last week, and and we're going to be around some of our peers uh, have been and then will be again over the next week or so, is that we want to be a positive influence in our group, in our peer group, around our friends. And sometimes that works great, and other times it gets us not invited to things. (laughs) Like people are going to go out and drink, and they're like, don't invite them, don't invite the party poopers, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yes, we are known as the party poopers. Yeah, that's okay. I'll take it. That's something that we've talked about. You know, we we want to see change in the world. We want to see people live a longer and healthier life, and we think they can do that through diet. So you have to be the change you want to see, and that's I think what you know something that we we are really going to focus on this week is uh, just making sure that we are the positive change because when people see things that they want to be like we've mm-hmm. had people comment to us that they look at they look to us for inspiration right as far as exercise or diet and, and that right there is positive feedback and that's what we want we want to be that that positive influence in society that people can look to us and say they're healthy. I can be healthy too. Right. And I know that, you know, if we do that, then there's no telling how many people, people's lives you can actually touch or change through that. And, you know, it's, it's a ripple effect if you want to say, you know, and that little cliche that you, it's, it's a pebble in the, in the stream and it causes all of these ripples. And if you look at it, this week, that's Coach Copeland, and then he had a ripple effect on you, and now you have a ripple effect on others, and it's just one of those things that we hope that we are part of that with your life as you're listening. And that's and that's why we're doing this. We're not doing this uh, for for fame and fortune, or uh, you know, to to get our story out there because we think it's great. We're just trying to be part of the change. If we were doing it for fame and fortune, we would have been very disappointed. <laughs> yes. So very disappointed. Yes. There's, but, no, there's know, no fame and fortune in podcasts. No, the fortune is is that we've gained our health and that so many things have improved in our life because of decisions we've been able to make together about how we're going to live, how we're going to eat. And, you know, I, I, I don't know how to get upset that I can go out and throw a steak over the fire like last night and come in and eat this delicious fire grilled ribeye. How could I be upset about that? Right. You know, that's making me healthy. Oh, boo hoo. Poor me. (laughs) Well, and, and, and what, what's the saying that, that if you're healthy, you have a thousand goals, but if you're unhealthy, you only have one. You only have one. Right. And, and and I know that's a hundred percent true. That's kind of a, you know, an, over-exaggeration of it, but that is very true. If you're unhealthy, most people have that one goal to get healthy. And if you are healthy, then you open yourself up to all these other things that you want to do or can do. I know. We, you know, My brother just called a little while ago, and we went to his – my brother's a pastor. We visited his church a few times, and um, we met a guy there, and he was in his late 50s. And my brother just called and said, Larry died. And I was like, what? 
this guy was like 59 years old. You just don't know how much time you have in this world. So, you know, you got to make the decisions to try to make your life as healthy as you can. Stuff happens, you know. Yeah, we saw him a, a few weeks ago. He was generous enough. to even bought us lunch. We went out he to lunch. He did. He I bought know. our lunch. So, um, you know, and he, he, he was perfectly, to me, on the outside, he seemed perfectly fine. And then just a few weeks later, he's, he's gone. Yeah. And so, you know, we do the best we can with how we live to try to maintain a healthy lifestyle. You never know what's going to happen to you. But I, I'm one of those people who I feel like I'm going to do everything I can to try to maintain my health. Because if I, you know, if you found out like him, hey, you got two months, what is your one goal? Your one goal right then is to be healthy. If you have your health, you can have a thousand goals, like you said. But if you don't, his one goal would have been, I just want to live, you know? Right. And it's food for thought that as long as you do have your health, you can have all of these other goals. That's just a lot of tragedy lately. It, it, it is. And, and again, everyone has this. Everyone has this happen to them. It's, we're, we're not, you know, the only people. Um, and there's people that have a, a lot greater tragedy. Absolutely. Um, but you can get through it all. And I believe that the cornerstone of being mentally prepared and, and, and going forward and all this stuff is being healthy, having a healthy diet. It helps you prepare for all the tragedy and all the uh, difficulties that you are going to encounter. If you are unhealthy and these things happen, you now you have more to deal with because it is an obstacle and it's going to take you – it kind of takes you down a notch. Like it, it's more stress. Yeah. Okay, that you have to deal with. You have more things you have to to uh, to accomplish. It's going to put you out of your normal, um, you know, day to day rhythm, which all that stuff takes you kind of back a notch that you have to deal with. So if you're already a healthy person, it doesn't take you back that far, and you can deal with it much easier than other people can. That you know, say you're a diabetic and you take insulin all the time. That's a that's a an inconvenience. Now you add more inconvenience on top of all that. Right. You know, and I think a lot of people who maybe listen to this who are starting at the beginning of their journey and you look at it and you're like, well, it seems insurmountable. Like it's a mountain, like to get your health, it's a mountain you have to climb. But what if you start right now? Like you're already on the journey and it, it can, it can happen so quickly. You can get sick so quickly. But you can also turn your life around. You mentioned diabetics. If you stop eating carbs today, if somebody is diabetic, then that day they need less insulin. It's just amazing. Mm -hmm. Your body is so resilient. It can be. And so if it sounds insurmountable, it's just one step at a time. And we still mess it up sometimes. Oh, yeah. We we. We do more more often than we probably should because we're always trying things. Like we're always right. We're always trying to get things the best that they can be, and sometimes that doesn't work out. Well, you know, just a few things that we've done, like back towards the holidays. I was trying sweet potatoes. I broke out in eczema. Had to stop the sweet potatoes, but it was the good thing is it was really easy for me to figure out that it was coming from the sweet potatoes because it was the only thing that I had added in beyond what I was already doing as a carnivore. So I wanted to see if the sweet potatoes would help me with workouts. What they did, they helped me break out in eczema. So I had to ditch the sweet potatoes. Right. 
It's always a process. But that's the beauty to me of doing the carnivore elimination is it was so easy to figure that out. Yep. So. And, and, and speaking of figure things out, I traveled last week, mm-hmm. went to Milwaukee and <laughs> Chicago. Um, and, and, you know, what everybody has is a difficulty when they travel because I like to eat certain foods. I don't want to eat junk. And it is extremely hard to get away from the junk when you travel. It's so hard. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna just kind of give what, I, what what worked for me. Um, the the first day I was there, uh, the first evening I was there, I got in the evening. I had Chipotle, mm-hmm. so that was just fine. Barbecue barbacoa with some uh, guacamole and some cheese. And you didn't do any of the other stuff like the salad or the no salad, no rice, no beans. Just meat, meat, meat. Meat. I got I got uh, extra meat and guacamole and cheese. Yeah. So you know that's that's about as good as I could do. At that, I did not get the chips. Okay, stay away from those guys. And then uh, the next morning, so you know, I did my uh, fat coffee for breakfast, using the uh, keto cream that we get from uh, Prove It. And then I, I was struggling. I'm like, man, because the, the the place I had to be I had to be at, at a really kind of a odd time. Yeah, I had to be there at eleven, so that's like before lunch. And then we were going to work till four. So wait, so you're a diva? I'm a diva. Because <laughs> <laughs> you did, you called me, and you were like. It's right at the time I normally eat. Right, right. <laughs> You're inconveniencing me with your work. So, uh, I, you know, I went to a Starbucks and they had the uh, sous vide eggs. Yeah, the sous vide eggs, which, you know, yeah, whatever people might say, they might not be the best, but when you're traveling, you got to go with what your options are that are the best options for you at the time. Right, so it was eggs and bacon. So they had those eggs I got, so it was just eggs and bacon, and then they had a, a packaged pastrami and cheese. Yeah. So that was my food with a coffee. Yeah. And that lasted me until dinner, which I did Chipotle again. There you go. Because there was nothing else I really could find out there besides going to a steakhouse, which I don't like to do because their steaks are really expensive and about half as good as what we cook at home. Yeah. And it makes it difficult. So I'd rather uh, just get something like Chipotle, which I I know is not going to be outstanding, but it's kind of within my parameters of food that I can stick to and just get through it. Yeah, you can just go, grab it, and leave, and you're done. Right. And then the, the, the next day, uh, another Starbucks run, uh, they didn't have the the eggs and bacon. They only had the the egg whites. Yeah. And it had roasted peppers, which I was like, hey, you know, it's probably two or three pieces of pepper. I'm going to be okay. Right. So that day was a little less fat for me because it was egg whites. Yeah. And still bought the pastrami and cheese. And then uh, that night, I had the same kind of thing. Not Chipotle, but another restaurant, very similar. They made bowls with meat. It was kind of the exact same thing. Just get extra meat and call it good, right? Yeah, that's what I did. And so that got me through that three days of traveling where I didn't really go outside my parameters. Now, could I have done it? Could I have have eaten something that was, you know, outside of that? Sure. But I didn't want to pay the the price in inflammation or the, the price in digestive issues. Right. And you know, we talked about last time on our podcast about not going out to eat for so long through a certain period of time. And I had had the problem with breaking out in a little rash. And obviously it was from the breakfast out out every week that we were doing. And I haven't had that happen since we have not done that. We haven't, we still haven't gone out for breakfast. Because nobody wants to go with us. Nobody. We're party poopers. (laughs) And so it's been really interesting to see that it's hard when you have to eat out all the time. 
And you don't know sometimes what might trigger certain things. So sticking to something as close to where you, you know, a restaurant where you kind of know the sourcing, what they're cooking in, things like that are really important. But then, you know, trying to stick within the parameters like you did. And also, you know, don't do what I did and think you can get away with certain things when you have a lot of food sensitivities like I do. Well, what, um, what I was avoiding was the oils. We've talked about this yes. over the past week, avoiding cooking oils. That's been my new mantra for people. Like if you can't avoid sugar, I mean, whatever, I think sugar is detrimental, but I think the oils, the fryer oils, the industrialized seed oils are the most damaging thing you can put in your body. Hands down, case closed. So avoid that like the plague. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we've talked so far, the two people we talked about that passed away just recently, one of uh, heart disease, one of cancer. Mm-hmm. That's one in two in the world, okay? It's not COVID. COVID's not one or two. It's it's actually three. So w- those are the real pandemics. Yeah, the real killers. The real killers. And that's coming from what we just talked about, high intake of sugar and, and the, the industrialized cooking oils. Yes. So those are the things that if you're really concerned about your health that you should treat as toxins and poison to your body. 100%. I agree. So that's just... I concur, sir. (laughs) And everyone is shocked. Yes. So that's kind of where we're at right now um, as far as, you know, what we're doing and, and how we're looking at things. Just trying to go forward. Just be healthy. Um, We know we're not... We're we're in decent shape, so our main concern is we will talk about dropping weight mm-hmm. here and there, but I'm not concerned about my weight. Yeah, I I've been toying with it a little bit, kind of going higher on protein and uh, cutting down fat just a little bit. What's funny is for me to get down to 100 grams of fat a day is a challenge, like to get down to that. <laughs> Like, that's a challenge for me. And I know that me, past me, only ate like 25 grams to 30 grams of fat per day. And it's just so crazy to have that shift where now 100 grams of fat to me is low fat. Right. <laughs> I'm like, what? It's so crazy. And, and a lot of people will hear that, especially the ones that are tra- trying to lose weight, and that'll baffle them. I know. And, you know, so increasing my protein a little bit, doing a few things, getting some a little bit leaner cuts of beef, like sirloin instead of all ribeyes, you know, just easy stuff. It's still really good, and I stay really full. But I think that for me, I I have the health aspect going right now, and I am trying to do the little bit of weight loss at this point going into the summer. I am working on that. And and everyone does that. That, That's nothing... Nothing new for anybody that's listening to this. Everybody is either sometimes they'll put on some weight and they try to reduce their, their weight a little bit. Everyone does that, and but it's how you do it that's different for everyone. Right. Uh, we've talked about this a lot, you know, talking about hey, is, is it higher protein and moderate fat, or is it high fat and moderate protein? Uh, which one is it? And you just have to try. You have to pick one and try it for a certain period of time to see if that is what helps balance you out. Yeah, and it's and it is hard to figure out which person you are. Are you the higher fat, moderate protein, or the high protein and uh, moderate fat? Yeah. So well, I'm just know. trying to I'm just trying to increase overall volume right now. Like I'm just trying to get a food or working out of working out. Okay. So I'm what I'm trying to do. My theory here's my theory. Uh, I'm trying to maintain the same 
eating parameters. Like I'm going to kind of eating the same food. I'm not, I'm not removing anything, but I'm trying just to increase the volume to see where my body goes. Yeah. Uh, and there's a, there's a fine line I have to walk because, um, I can't run too much because my knees will start to hurt. My, I get a lot of feedback. Um, you know, I can't lift too heavy as far as, you know, lower body squats, deadlifts because my knees will give me feedback. So increasing the volume, you know, I can run a little more, but I have to add bikes in. Yeah. You know, we're, we've been trying to get a rower because I want to add the rower in. No one has a rower. <laughs> it's been like since the pandemic started, I've been trying to buy a rower. Yeah. It's, they're hard to find. I want a concept two rower. Can't find one. No one has them. And All gone. I, I want it just to, again, so I can increase volume without increasing the impact on my lower body. Right. I'm at that point in my life where, where I can do too much to where now I'm, now it's negative. Because I'll take myself out of the game. I don't want to be out of the game. I want to be in the game for as long as I can. So if I do too much and get injured or get you know just feel like not working out, now I'm out of the game. I don't want to go there. So I'm walking that thin line of I'm not reducing any food intake. I'm trying to increase volume to see how my body leans out. Yeah. So, you know, it's all a process for sure to try to figure it out. And for me right now, I have, I am very excited because I've stuck now for five weeks in one program and you, you know, you know, I'm like, when it comes to workout programs, I have ADD. I'm all over the place. I'm like two weeks of that. I'm bored now. I'm going to do something else. And so I never get better at anything because I don't stick with anything long enough. So five weeks, I'm at the end. It's an eight week program. And I'm, I'm so excited that I'm sticking to it. And I see a big difference with the progressive training. Mm-hmm. And I know you hammer this all the time. You always say this, that you have to, you have to do programs. Like if you want to get better at running, you have to do it a certain it's way. A, you have to program. And most programs are 8 to 12 weeks. And you have to program and you have to periodize your improvements on small scales to get better. That's what that's what all the good people do. So I'm sticking with the program for sure, and I've got just you know a couple more weeks here, and then I go into a, a download week, which those are also very hard because it's less intensity, less working out, and mm-hmm. I'm like, what do I do with my life now? <laughs> so well, that's what I did. As the thing I did, we talked about diet. I did last week traveling for working out. That's kind of what I did. I didn't have as I didn't have as much time to work out, and the weather was not quite as nice here as it is, uh, you know, uh, there as it is up here. So I just kind of treated it as a, as a, as a, you know, downloading week. Yeah. You know, I just, it was an easier week. I didn't run as much. I did a lot of walking and I did some static, just regular static lifting, not out of control, hit lifting, just regular static, like bodybuilder lifting just to get the movement. And I did that twice a day because I had a pretty good little hotel gym, hotel gym. And I treated it as a deloading week. I just deloaded for the week, and now this week I'm going to ramp it back up. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just all part of the – It's so easy. It's so It's easy. just so simple. So, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so I know, I, and I feel that way about, like, our diet. It's so easy because it actually is. And then the workout part, I'm like, it's not quite as easy, you know, because – you know, when you work out and you lift weights and you do what, what we do, it does get hard. If it wasn't hard, it wouldn't change you. Right. And that's the thing that most people don't really, our age, I'll say our friend peer group, that's the thing that when they look at what we do, they're like, well, I want that, but I don't want to do that. 
you know, I don't want to do what you're doing, but, and right. that's, that's working out and eating because I know for a lot of people, it's just, it's a lot, it's a lot of change, but you can do it. Absolutely. And, and you shoot, can, if I can do it, anybody can do it. And you can it. do it in, in a way that makes it easy for you. You just have to find out what that is. We're all different. Food we can eat, programs that we can do, whether we run or lift or swim or do the rower, everything is different for everyone. You have to find out what works best for you, mm-hmm. and that's what you do. Exactly. All right. Well, I think that wraps up this week. We've talked about a lot of stuff. Man, we were scattered today. Were we? I don't even know. What did we say? (laughs) I don't even know what we said. We have a book. Uh, Coach Copeland passed away. We have friends sometimes when they want us around. Right. And then um, we eat food to be healthy. That's pretty much the recap of the podcast. That's it. Well, hey, but we do uh, appreciate you guys, and we do appreciate you listening. Uh, We hope you have a great day. Go out there, eat fat, and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Tasco Kitchen. Hit subscribe and leave us a review. And visit our website, thetacticalkitchen.com.